Design Conversations is a podcast series presented by myself, Jeff Fitzpatrick, containing recorded conversations with preeminent Australian designers across a series of design disciplines. And if not designers, then those who have had integral roles in Australian design. The series is aimed at preserving an oral history and an archive of mid-century design undertakings and to provide an understanding of what it has taken to achieve some of the amazing outcomes in Australian design history. To learn more about the guests and my background, visit designconversations.net. In this episode, I speak with Roger Putnam. Roger was an influential figure in the field of furniture design and manufacture, and he began his career in London in the 60s as assistant to the renowned English designer Robin Day. He trained at RMIT in interior design in the early 60s and did postgraduate studies at the London College of Furniture before returning to Australia. His early work was in the design and manufacture of furniture for the hospitality sector in Melbourne. His work included fit-outs for the Savoy Plaza Hotel and the Adelphi Hotel in Melbourne, and later freelance work for the top design practices of the day. His work in setting up the Tarawara Museum of Art, and his work in many galleries such as Heidi and the McClellan Sculpture Gallery, set a new direction for his design practice which continues on today. Welcome to Design Conversations, and I'm delighted in this particular episode to be able to introduce an old friend and colleague uh, and celebrated um, furniture designer, Roger Putnam. Roger and I have known each other for quite a few years, and uh, I'd like to speak to him today about his um, his early career and the time that he'd spent in uh, in training both in Australia and in the UK and uh, to carry on at something of a, a family tradition. So knowing that <clears throat> his father was uh, in the business as, as well. So perhaps uh, Roger, over to you to give us a little bit of background. Thanks Jeff. Um, yes, I <clears throat> vaguely remember my father saying, um, whatever you do son, don't ever get into the furniture industry. Um, but um, perhaps the genes won through <coughs> excuse me I, um, I originally started in, in doing pharmacy uh, when I was about 18, 17 um, but the chap I worked for was a very good merchandiser and um, he subscribed to magazines from America about um, shop design and he unfortunately made the mistake of letting me have a look at, with, at them after he'd finished. And I suddenly realised that uh, I was much more interested in, in, in space design and furniture design than I was in doing pharmacy. So that led, of course, to uh, a course at RMIT. Um, <clears throat> I then uh, did three years of an interior design course and I wanted to specialise in furniture. Uh, I was greatly influenced during that period of time by Don Chapman, of course, along as indeed so were many of us. Um, so I applied for and was accepted by the uh, 
London College of Furniture uh, to do a postgraduate course in uh, furniture design and manufacturing. So obviously you took up that offer to, uh, to go back to the UK, and I say back to the UK because the family originally came up to Australia, I think you were at a fairly uh, young age at that stage. Yes, 12 years old. Right, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there, about 10 years later, I find myself on a ship going back to London. Um, the course lasted for 12 months. Uh, it taught me a lot of things suddenly and very quickly about the furniture industry and furniture design and designers and the history of design. Um, and anyway, I was successful with the course and uh, was duly employed by uh, Britain's designer, Robin Day, as his assistant. Um, and that was a very significant appointment, of course, because <coughs> he was a very celebrated name at that, in those days and yeah. doing very significant work. And so it was something of a plum job, I think, to have, uh, to have scored that. It was indeed. Um, it, it, in Britain in those days, that um, I can't remember them doing this in Australia, was that it was part of the responsibility of the course uh, to source jobs mm -hmm. for the graduates. Um, and it worked both ways. Uh, people who were looking for students knew that uh, at the end of uh, the graduate year, um, they could uh, apply, you know, to see what their best students were. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to get a job with Robin Doe. Mm. <clears throat> so how long, how long were you, did you stay there, uh, work with Robin? I was with him for just short of two years, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, a couple of things came into play. One was the um, British weather. Um, <laughs> And British wages. Uh, yes. <laughs> one, of course, tried to maintain some sort of uh, Australian lifestyle where you lived in London, and mm. that was a fairly expensive exercise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yes, I then decided to uh, come back to Australia. Mm -hmm. So you, you <clears throat> departed Putney? <laughs> yes, to, yes, uh, lived in Putney. Yes. Um, my first, uh, while I was at college, because the college was actually in Shoreditch, mm. um, I stayed with uh, my mother's sister and aunt who lived in, um, uh, just on the borders of Islington, um, which was a great area to, to spend my spare time in it. And of course this was London in the 60s, which indeed was a it was. fairly significant time, <laughs> so uh, a great time to be there. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But uh, oh, well, that, that was um, uh, amazing, great to finish off, you know, as a postgraduate from the London mm. College of Furniture and then to work as Robin Day's assistant, that was uh, quite a, uh, a brilliant outcome really. Mm, of mm. course the studio was in Chelsea. Yes. So uh, the King's Road was adjacent, and yes. so was Sloan Square with all the Sloan Rangers, <laughs> as we used to call them. <laughs> That's right. No, it was, it was a great time to be in, mm. in London. And when you came back to, to Melbourne, tell us a little about that. Um, well, the, the trip back to Australia might be worth uh, mm. talking about because um, I didn't have my fare at that stage, and... Uh, I applied for a job as an escort officer to the uh, Big Brotherhood movement. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
was duly accepted the responsibility of escorting 15 young Brits back to Australia or to Australia. Um, <clears throat> they'd, they, were, they were kids up to about the age of uh, 17 who decided that they wanted to uh, emigrate to <coughs> Australia. Uh, but of course, were underage, so they had to be escorted. Mm. Um, that proved to be a very interesting experience. Fortunately, I didn't lose any of them on the way. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to meet my wife, my future wife, on the boat. So uh, very soon, there were at least two of us looking after these fifteen kids. Mm-hmm. And as of course, you know, friendships grow, mm. the, the numbers of uh, the, the kids picked up friends and girlfriends and girlfriends, families, so suddenly mm. uh, there was quite a mob of us on the ship. What was the ship? Uh, that was the Himalaya. Oh, okay. Yeah, the old Himalaya. Mm-hmm. I think it only did two more trips and then was scrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I duly arrived back in Australia and uh, <clears throat> went to see Colin... Um, what's Colin Barry. Barry, that's mm. right, Colin Barry. Um to see about work prospects. Because Colin, I think, was uh, head of school at uh, RMIT Art School at that point in time, or was he still with the Industrial Design Council? No, still with the Industrial Design, Design Council. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a director of the Victorian yes. branch of the Industrial Design yeah. Cha- Council of Australia. Mm. Mm. Um, he found me a job with a crowd down in Moorabbin who were largely involved in producing... Uh, uh, Furniture for hotels, I yes. guess it generally speaking, the hospitality industry, chairs and tables. And this was next to the Southside Six Hotel. It was indeed, and <laughs> in lovely South Road, Moran. Um I was living in Paran in those days, so mm-hmm. the drive wasn't too bad. Um, that job lasted for about a year, mm-hmm. um, and then I think uh, I'm just trying to remember the circumstances, but I, I believe it was about that time we got married mm-hmm. um, and I was actually unemployed at that stage of my life. I was doing a bit of freelance work. Mm-hmm. Um, soon after I got married, I then got a job with uh, Lenton Parr at the uh, Paran College of Art, as it was called in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a council school set up by Perrin Council. Um, and it was an art school. Mm. It had uh, both painting, sculpture, graphics, industrial design. Um, it, was, it was actually a you know, brilliant idea at the time. Mm. He uh, was a, a really interesting guy, Lynn Parr, and he mm. was a, an old friend of Don Chapman's, who you mentioned before, yes, who yeah. headed up the uh, <clears throat> uh, the practical side of furniture making at uh, at RMIT for the interior design course and the industrial design course yes, as well. Indeed. So Don was a lovely guy and mm. uh, did well. But uh, I remember he wrote me an introduction to Len Parr as well, which was uh, which mm. was great because in those days the schools uh, really did look after their uh, their graduates, and mm. there was a uh, a good fraternity uh, in the design community that mm. would try and uh, network and uh, and you know get good outcomes for uh, for graduates. Yes, mm. yes, indeed. It had uh, quite a few interesting people, lecturers um, at that time. Um, Painters who have gone on to very successful careers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Mm. Paul Cox is the head of photography at the time. Oh, of course, the yeah. wonderful filmmaker who, yeah. who did such lovely, you know, Man of Flowers mm. and uh, all those brilliant movies. Yes. Yes. Yes, I just remember some very interesting parties we used to have. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But that, that whole school, that film school was extraordinary. Anna Kirkonos and, uh, and others who came through there mm. uh, was, uh, was quite celebrated mm. uh, at the time. Yeah, mm. indeed. So from, uh, from Southside, six days, <laughs> you moved on from there. Um, Yes, it was whilst I was lecturing. I think I only did three days a week at uh, Paran. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were lecturing in the industrial design, industrial design, design section. department. Yeah. yeah, so along with um, Chris Palmer and uh, Wally Seabold. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Chris Palmer went on to be a, a lifelong friend. Yes, indeed. Yes, um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, there's a there's a nexus there that later on I'm sure you'll make the connection. Well, that was a career change. Career change, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, mm. it's um, so. Then what happened was I was contacted by a guy called Alan Kerr, who was running the Kirby Group mm-hmm. of companies, um, which was uh, had factories across Australia. Um, Alan. Um, was at that stage had a small part of his business was producing Herman Miller furniture, um, but he wanted to um, develop his company from producing um, low-end white wood furniture, as it was called in those days, uh, which was the sort of early days of um, do-it-yourself furniture, mm. um, into uh, more of the high-end furniture, mm-hmm. and he was convinced he needed a designer to do it, and he... Uh, Which was enlightened. Yes, indeed, mm. at the time. Uh, mm. So uh, we met, um, instantly liked one another. So I started doing two days a week, um, dipping my toe in the water, so to speak. Mm. Um, very soon became a full-time employee, um, not only doing design, but we were doing marketing and all sorts of promotional work for the company. So a designer in those days, uh, that was the nature of the business. You not yeah. only did the design, but you did a lot of the periphery work as well. Packaging, advertising. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, corporate graphic. Graphics, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I was then with uh, Kirby for probably about five years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, one of my colleagues that worked at Kirby and I sep- uh, left the company and we started a, our own company called Sumner, mm-hmm. which was a company designed to uh, produce furniture for the upper end of the domestic market. And Sumner, well, it still goes today, but um, it's uh, had a number of changes, but basically we changed from... Uh, uh, reducing retail furniture mm-hmm. to um, doing commercial furniture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that got you know introduced me into the world of architecture and interior design, and mm. uh, reintroduced me to some old friends, mm. um, and that's basically uh, where Sumner stopped, and then I became a freelance designer, um, mainly in the field of retail 
design and uh, exhibitions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a lot of work for BMW um, and uh, that operated for about, uh, I suppose, six or seven years. Um, very successfully working for a great company called Expo Solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked with my brother for a long time. This is Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was an exhibition designer. Um, and then I got involved through... Um, I'd always been associated with doing work for art galleries on mm -hmm. the odd occasion. Um, anyway, I... Uh, Morty Palmer, an old friend, rang me up one day and said, can you do some, help me with some furniture for a new gallery I'm working on. It's being built in the Yarra Valley. It's called Tarawara Museum of Art. And we need some interior advice. Which is great. And of course, the uh, <coughs> supplement to that is that uh, Morty Palmer got her name from your former friend, Chris. Palmer. Palmer. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes dear Chris. So, yeah, so yeah. wheels within wheels. But Morty, of course, was uh, uh, highly regarded and very well known yes. in, the, in yeah. the art circles, mm. and particularly at Heidi, mm. where she had uh, spent quite some time. But she was the initial director, as I understand, of the Tarawara Gallery that yeah. the Beesons built in. Uh, and the, you know, basically the instigator, one of the instigators, instigators. of it. Yes. Um, I did a lot of work for Morty at Heidi, mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and then basically having done the designs mm. of uh, a lot of the reception area and some of the um, uh, we'll call it art handling equipment, mm -hmm. um, I was down on site with her one day and I said, who's going to run this job? this museum for you, you know, as far as the mechanics and uh, mm. this and that. And she said, what about you? So suddenly I found myself in a situation where I was connected with an art gallery. Mm -hmm. <coughs> well done. Yeah. Mm. Which was interesting because my father towards, oh no, it wasn't towards the end of his life, but he at one stage was involved with McClellan Gallery ah, during yes. its instigation. Yes. Um, in down at Narrawarren. Down at Narrawarren. Mm -hmm. Not Narrawarren, Langwarren. Langwarren, so yeah. yes, yes. And uh, anyway, um, so I worked for Tarawara over doing about three days a week. I, I was looking for a job which I could taper off. Mm. So I was finished up doing about three days a week and then um, I resigned when I was 70. Oh, gosh. Just taking you back a little bit before that, tell us a little bit about Design A Crew. Design A Crew was set up um, by a number of designers at INARC um, to, to produce, design and produce, um, sort of, what can we call it, uh, Australian-made design for the market that um, some of the Italian furniture fitted into. Mm -hmm. Um, and hospitality, we were working towards that. <clears throat> um, there are a number of people from Inarc involved in it. Um, it ran its course like most mm. companies, because mm -hmm. interests went elsewhere, including my own. Um, 
but it was a rewarding experience from mm. my point of view. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting, Roger. <coughs> I guess you've um, you've worked with a few name designers over the years, uh, starting off obviously with Robin Day. Mm. But uh, I recall that you uh, uh, you developed uh, prototypes and worked with Kel Grant. Yes, uh, yeah. at one period of time, yeah. and uh, they were fairly demanding and and tricky. Uh, pieces of work that uh, the mm -hmm. prototyping that uh, was required there and uh, because at that stage we still had a connection when I was at Innerspace mm -hmm. and um, um, Kel was um, retained by us to develop a few programs, the Echo Chair and uh, the Hub Chair, mm -hmm. which I remember was a bit of a beast <laughs> in trying to, to keep molded, a little molded uh, plywood tub chair, mm. um, the inner and outer casing from popping apart too readily. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I think, um, I mean, I found that work very satisfying and I'm sure they did as well because we were really two designers working on the job mm. and I had vast amounts of practical experience mm. as with a view to manufacturing in an economical manner. Yes. Um, and that's uh, why I did a lot of that work. Yes. Well, you had a, a you know a real empathy or sympathy and empathy mm. with uh, with working. And Kel, you know, uh, of course, always insisted on making full size handmade prototypes mm. to uh, uh, to sell his work mm. and uh, did it particularly well. But was not always particularly uh, experienced or practical in uh, <laughs> the manufacturing outcomes no. and uh, and producing things in bulk. Mm. But uh, but he did some lovely work over the, over the time and uh, was was a great connection and association um, with uh, with himself and Inner Space and yes, Kel and, yeah. uh, and a few others, uh, other designers like Edward Alexander. And uh, I'm just trying to recall some of the names now of people who went through that uh, mm. that process. But um, yes, that was uh, at, at a different time, and that's when. Um, of course, there were significant uh, interior firms like Geyer and Inarch and mm. um, yeah, very much so. Hassels and Woodsbacket and others were all mm. uh, developing tenancies for, uh, uh, for the commercial markets and mm. some of the major major companies. So there was a lot of very elegant reception furniture and boardroom tables and, yes. and so on yes. <laughs> developed over that time. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, I understand you still get an occasional involvement with uh, with the art gallery, with the art world, and uh, yes. developing. As I jokingly tell people, I've taken my shingle down, but nobody wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you're still actively engaged, aren't you, in yes, designing yes. and building mm. furniture? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, it's um, you've got to keep your life occupied doing something. Of course. And yes. at this stage of my life, it's either grandchildren or uh, work or travel. Yes, um, yes. Because you've just come back from the UK where you went with your daughter and granddaughters yes. uh, last year. That was an eventful trip. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you said you're over London at this point in time. <laughs> well, it's just taking two teenagers, granddaughters. Yes. You know. Um, yes. You have to wait till the hair's done and uh, <laughs> until they feel like getting up, and then the, the makeup's got to go on. The phones have got to be charged. Yes, <laughs> of course, it's a, it's a it's a business. Yeah. But um, no, so but it's it's great that you're uh, you're still engaged in uh, in designing, still very active in that mm. uh, that role, and uh, and also in uh, in manufacture. 
and I think still has have a has a liaison and a connection into the art world. And mm. um, I can recall um, there was a Howard Arkley exhibition at Tarawara where you were called in and to build all the the vitrines, oh, the display yes. cases, which yeah. were uh, quite amazing. And uh, that yes, was, we've, we've certainly built a few vitrines in our time. Yes, but, um, I mean because every exhibition's different. Yes, you know, it uh, um, has to have. Special made mm. furniture for it, display furniture. Yes. Um, the biggest problem is is to make this on some sort of modulated basis. Yes. Where it can be used again, otherwise it becomes a real problem of storage. But I was very much admiring of the work that you did at Tarawara on the interiors and the flexibility of that internal space. It's mm. a it's a beautiful building and one Alan Powell, I think, uh, uh, several awards, mm. uh, and it has just such a spirit of place. Mm. Uh, but the internals of it are great, and um, I hadn't an appreciation until I saw some of the hidden storage spaces <laughs> and the dummy walls that mm. uh, hold uh, portable uh, uh, walls that can be wheeled out and reconfigure the, uh, the long rectangular space that it is. Mm. And uh, it works particularly well. Yeah. And of course, um, it was never better displayed than uh, on the two occasions where it's hosted the Archibald Prizes. No, indeed. And yeah. uh, both last year and a couple of years prior to that. Mm. And I think they were exemplary mm. uh, exhibitions and uh, brought a lot of kudos to the uh, to the gallery and to uh, and certainly fifty thousand people through the space was uh, sig yes, significant. Yeah. Yes. Um, I look, it's uh, Tarawara is a is a great destination. Mm. Um, it uh, it's changed quite a bit since I was there. Mm. Um, it's got a great bunch of people working there. Mm. Um, the exhibitions are becoming much more sophisticated. Yes, um, I believe they've got a great curator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One Anthony Fitzpatrick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but uh, Victoria Lim, who's the director of the program oh, yes, there, yes. is really quite uh, quite amazing, and mm. she uh, they they do do some significant exhibitions, and I know Anthony's working on the Nolan exhibition mm. that's opening, I think, at the end of March, mm. uh, which is again quite something. But uh, the Beeson family have <coughs> been extraordinary in uh, setting that gallery up and donating it. Uh, through their foundation, you know, yes. pushing it uh, to uh, to public use, and mm. uh, yeah, it is quite uh, quite a significant indeed space. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but I hadn't realised that connection with your dad and uh, McClellan Galleries mm. down in uh, Langwarren mm. because the family lived at Mount Eliza, as, yes. I, as I recalled, yes. um, yeah. for some time. So it was a, a little bit regionally connected, mm. which was uh, which was good as well. Well, to continue the uh, connection with um, uh, McClelland is that uh, I've done some work for them mm. fairly recently, some design work, mm. um, and the my father's connection. I was always a bit vague as to what he actually did. He was on the board of trustees. Mm. Uh, anyway, Lisa Byrne, who's the director of... Um, of uh, McClellan's dragged out this scrapbook which had a lot of pictures of the early beginnings because they um, the meetings were held in McClellan's house on Long Island mm -hmm. and um, so 
anyway, there was this picture which was uh, done for the post, Frankston Post, I suppose. And there's the old man sitting there, along with uh, Dame Elizabeth and John Rowell and somebody else. And um, he is described as the treasurer. And as I said to my brother, uh, you know, I said, there's, a, there's this photograph of the old man, and he's described as... Your father. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the old man. We always called yes. him the old man. Yes. Um, described as a treasurer, and Jeff said, God, he said, I never thought... He, the calculations I've seen him do is a pencil on the back of a bit of sandpaper. <laughs> so, anyway, yes. he, um, I remember going to the opening. Well, I remember the stone laying mm. procedure. I remember going to the opening um, mm. when I think my wife was pregnant and Guy, my son, who was probably, well, he would have been a year and a half, um, was running around knocking off people's drinks. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's become a very successful gallery. Yes, indeed. The sculpture part. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, it's a great space and mm. continues to, uh, to grow and do well. So um, your dad did scratchy accounts. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it... Um, well, that's, that's, it's interesting, isn't it, the, that he had that contribution and had that connection you know, in the early days. So it's continued on with uh, your associations with... with well, I think in his instance, um, he would have known John Rowell, the artist, yes. through his own painting efforts. My father was a good uh, still-life painter. Mm -hmm. um, Dame Elizabeth, because he made a lot of furniture for Dame Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. um, and they obviously respected his opinion and mm. taste and mm. what have you. Um, and that's how it came about. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's, mm. that's significant. No, that's, that's terrific. Well, it's, it's, it's almost sort of a, a full circle mm. uh, issue there, but uh, it's great that uh, you still continue that, uh, that connection with, uh, with the art world mm. and, uh, and particularly with, uh, with Tarawara. And um, I suppose just looking back over the years, the... Uh, we were just reflecting on it before we started this recording, the connections that we made in, in our student days with um, uh, a number of uh, a number of designers who went on to uh, to celebrate the the Sue Cars, the Mary Featherstons, uh, uh, and others who uh, uh, have made their marks and, uh, and yes, and yeah. done, done very well. Mm. So. Um, Oh, that's been wonderful, Rog. Thank you. It's been a great, uh, great to have the recollection. Um, it's a pleasure. Thanks, I'm, Jeff. I'm sure that uh, if we uh, do any postscripts, we can add those onto the text. Mm. But, uh, but for now, thank you very much indeed for being part of Design Conversations. Thank you. Mm -hmm.